Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Welcome to the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends and fellow nerds sit in front of microphones to try and figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. This is episode 140, and it's going to be a wild ride. (laughs) It really is. Because we're at a time and at a time. Who wants to get festive? We do. You fucks. What? Wow. Coming coming at them with the heat. <laughs> Second episode in a row we're recording. We got to do this, we're, guys. We're not young bucks anymore. We got to pump ourselves up. Is the holidays, motherfuckers. Let's get in there. Get it. If you want to hear all the episodes from when we were much more younger and passionate and didn't require this much effort to get amped up. I know. I don't think that's true. We get pretty excited pretty easily. <laughs> Dave really doesn't take much. <laughs> Does not take much. You can go back and listen to any of our episodes on SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod. That is where they live. That's where we hang. You give a follow. You get a notification that a new episode is up. That's too much effort. We understand. We get it. It's the holiday season. You've got a lot of shit to do. you got parties. you got shopping. you got baking. you got Christmas cards to write. i got to make a gingerbread house. All of those things. Done none of them yet. None. Zero. Nothing at all. You have to make a gingerbread house. Yeah. For your own, for your own, gonna bring it to work, or just for your own enjoyment? For my own enjoyment, I'm gonna eat it. (laughs) Go make a gingerbread house, and I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna eat that fucker. Well, in a a couple weeks, when everything's hardened, I'm gonna try and put my fist through it and probably break some bones. (laughs) Gonna smash it like Godzilla or Mothra. Sidebar: Speaking about eating things, somebody at work made a giant tray of latkes. Oh my gosh, amazing! Which apparently no one at work liked. What? Because they've just been sitting there for a while, and it's been almost a week now, and they are actually my version of Homer's hoagie. <laughs> like, I had to tell coworkers, like, if you see me, if these are still here on Tuesday when I come back to work, and you see me try to eat from the latka tray, <laughs> take them away from me you, and throw them out. Allowed. No more latkas. They're not no. even that good. Just sometimes I need a carbohydrate at 4 a.m. <laughs> I'm like, oh, potato. That's how I feel at all times of the day. <laughs> I just need to go Rogers times. All the time. Sometimes I'm crying, watching puppy videos. I just need a carbohydrate. Off the rails already. Friends, the point is you're busy. Yeah. You're eating latkes. You're building gingerbread houses. You have stuff to do. If it's too much effort, you see a button there that says subscribe. It takes you to Apple Podcasts. It doesn't have to be Apple Podcasts. Nope. It can be any of the places where you get your podcast content. Anywhere you get your audio content, you hit subscribe. That means every week it's his time. He lives for it. He lives for it. He bathes in it. Waits for it all year. Oh, my God. It is the spirit of Christmas itself. Himself. Your man's. Sir Chauncey Frostilicus III. Doctor. PMP. Licensed chiropractor. Certified accountant. So many other things. (laughs) All the things. Author of of the magical art of being Chauncey. (laughs) Friends, I am, as established last week, I'm doing a clip episode. I am well-versed in all the things Chauncey has been. Uh, I'm only halfway through the archives. Uh, professional horse handler. Professional horse handler. Oh, my God. Philip. Philip. We haven't talked about Philip in a minute. Is he okay? Is Philip cool? He's doing great. All right. He also loves this time of year. You'd know this if you ever, you know, 
texted with Chauncey. Another detail I forgot about that I learned going through the archives. Right. It's part of the narrative that I never <laughs> talked to Chauncey. <laughs> Only Caitlin does. Yeah, yeah they text me. <laughs> All the time. You know what Chauncey wants to do? It. You know where he wants to do it? Your ear hole. But like nicely. Gently. There's going to be some Barry, Barry White in the background. Mm. <laughs> Almost went Barry Manilow there. So <laughs> You know what? Either or. Yeah. Chauncey. Many, many shades to Chauncey's level of ear hole smashing. But it's always kindly. Always kindly. And always fun. Because he's bringing you us. New episodes of The Geek Down every week. All you have to do, none of the work on you anymore. They just come to you. You will be running around frantically trying to find a under $20 gift for Linda in accounting. That's who you pulled for Secret Santa. You really don't fucks with Linda. You really don't like her. I did research on my Secret Santa. You did research on your Secret Santa? Yep. See, you don't have time to be downloading podcasts. You have to do research on your Secret Santa. I need them to just appear magically. And you'll be like Googling and apparently creeping somebody on Facebook for their likes and dislikes and then new episode of The Geek Down just in your phone. Amazing. Didn't even know it was what you wanted. Beautiful. Best Christmas gift. The best Christmas gift. And we got a good Christmas gift for you this week, friends. For our Christmas gift, what we like is if you have a favorite moment from the show, you should let us know. You should let us know. Uh, Clip episode will probably be constructed when I have far more time chilling at the homestead. Mm -hmm. Probably go up around the week between Christmas and New Year's. Probably. Probably. So you still got a couple weeks if you have any any suggestions, any moments you like. Listen, I've already gone through the archives to uh, chart the evolution of Chauncey. I will not have time to get all the moments Caitlin McKinnon has gasped on this show. <laughs> I cannot make a Caitlin gasp supercut. I'm sorry. You'd be happy enough. I snagged that one when I did. <laughs> um, there have been a lot, though. Every time I hear one, I'm like, hey. uh, oh, there's one. <laughs> I go, <laughs> it's happening. And all the times that I made Jordan choke on his beverage, whatever that might be, coffee, juicy Ugh. drink, water. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fizzy water's in my chest. His poor lungs. Oh, my God. You can't take much more. <laughs> so feeble, you guys. But if you have any favorite moments, let us know on any of the socials, Twitter mostly, but also Instagram. Uh, we have an email address, geekdownpod at gmail.com. And, of course, Facebook, which... We're on sometimes, and I might be doing the post now because everyone likes me more. Um, and the price of success, <laughs> sweetums. <laughs> Is it, you got to do work. You got to work it, <laughs> bitch. So you got to do. Chauncey knows this. Chauncey does know this. Take a lesson from. Chauncey. I should read his book. You should. Self help book available Amazon Kindle single. <laughs> Two ninety nine. Amazing. If so far you've enjoyed what you've been listening to and you feel like giving some holiday cheer to us, you can do so by supporting us um, monetarily uh, at our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash geekdownpod. There are different levels. We appreciate all of our lovely patrons and everything they do for us, not just, of course, um, monetarily, but just giving us their continual support. It's wonderful. Um, And if you're like, you know what? It's a tight budget, but I just want to like throw you guys some change. Uh, we also appreciate that. You could happily buy us a coffee. KO-FI.com slash GeekDownPod. Three bucks. That's it. Once, twice, once a month, once and never again. Control given back to you. We know you can't control those Christmas sales. You just gots to get it. You gots to get it. But So we give control to you here at the GeekDownPod. Well, I think that's all the business out of the way. I think so. Now you can get down to the ridiculous silliness. Listen, I spent 
20 minutes talking about Love Live last week, so I have nothing left for this episode. I've got some stuff. Hit me. First off, I never got around to it last week because, mm. you know, all that Love Live chat. <laughs> um, but there was another trailer that I found very interesting. Another trailer? Yes. Um, one of the most interesting um, superhero trailers in a while which was Umbrella Academy. Oh. Um, it's got Mary J. J. Blige in it, as well as a bunch of other people. But she plays like a time-traveling agent of some sort. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is an adaption of uh, Gerard Way's Dark Horse comic of the same name. Um, and it's going to be coming out in February, February 15th. Theatrically? Uh, no, it's a television show. Oh. Hold on a sec. And that is coming to Netflix. Netflix again. Yeah. Good times. Build that library before Last Jedi gets off of there. Oh, geez. That won't be good. I, I don't know what this Disney thing's going to do. I'm totally going to end up getting it because I'm a sucker. You are a sucker. I'm a sucker. You know what? I didn't even finish saying that sentence. You were already saying I was a sucker. Listen, we're all going to be suckers because if the fucking all the Marvel shit and all the Star Wars shit, like Disney owns everything. Disney owns you. You're going to be on Disney Plus <gasps> Ooh. when it starts. I'm going to have... No, you're going to be like sweeping the floors. Like, plebes like us are just going to be like... Oh, I thought I was going to have... What's that Snapchat thing I like that you said? Bitmojis? Bitmojis. I thought it'd be like some kind of cute bitmoji introducing things. Well, yeah, Caitlin buried the lead and didn't mention this on (laughs) on the first episode we recorded. Speaking of socials, apparently Caitlin's like all over Snapchat now. I'm not all over Snapchat. All over it. I've sent two snaps to senior correspondent Chris, and basically it's just... Me dressed up as a Christmas tree and like as a bitmoji and like talking to a tardigrade, which is adorable. Uh, they're kind of like weird, giant, tiny bears. Um, and to my sister, and she hasn't snapped me back. So, I mean, added to the $10 Patreon feed is access to uh, <laughs> Katie Mac's premium Snapchat experience <laughs> of me just sending you bitmoji pictures because it's amazing. I get entertained Wait, by very. You're not going to put your butt on it? No. No, I'm not. But that's that's what that's what the cam girls do. Yeah, but I'm not a cam girl. When you leave money on the table, girl. Yeah, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> I would rather people have Take fun. a lesson from the other Caitlin McKinnon. Someone else I forgot about. Oh, but yeah. remember listening oh, yes. go, going through the archives. So if you are new to the show one time nude model Caitlin McKinnon. If you're new to the show. If you look up my name, put that into Google. Because you know how people Google themselves? I was curious. <laughs> Never a good idea when there is a nude model with your exact same name who's about your age who also lives in Toronto. And we're not shaming other Caitlin McKinnon. It's no, just... good for her. She can do whatever she wants. Just I had to like make sure I put my round fucking face on LinkedIn <laughs> so that yeah, really be, could be a little awkward when potential employers. I was more like if somebody's like, "Hey, cool, nude model. She's gonna be hot," and then they get me instead. <laughs> Potato, Caitlin. <laughs> like. So I'm like, potato, Kate. This is me. This is my round fucking face. Obviously, not a nude model, but good for you, other Caitlin. I hope you're doing great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Snapchat. I also have like a bunch of updates. All right, you saved all your updates. Yeah. Some some of them tie into what we've brought each other this week. Well, we'll save that because I did have a news item of sorts. That I feel okay. is I feel is uh, newsy in perpetuity, um, for reasons half mentioned last week and 
other half will be mentioned this week. I've not fired up Red Dead in like two weeks. That's strange because you were really enjoying Red Dead. I was really enjoying Red Dead and I am still really enjoying Red Dead. But here's here's the thing about Red Dead. Okay. Red Dead is like an experience. Right. Like Red Dead is a th- is a thing. It's a thing. You're committing to a thing when you fire up Red Dead. Like, has it put a ring on it? <laughs> kind of. Um, this is to say, Red Dead Online launched this week. Oh, okay, I didn't know or it was a this thing. This week, now a couple weeks ago, um, we knew this was going to be a thing. There was an online component to the first Red Dead, and I mean, oh. with the smashing success of GTA Online, we right. figured there was going to be an online component to Red Dead as well, mm-hmm. where it was going to be, you know. Probably the same thing. Run around the map. Thirty-two players at the time. At the same time, blah blah blah. Uh, I've not fired it up, and apparently, I'm not missing much because from everything I've read, the economy is broken. Oh, like Rockstar has not figured out how to properly scale the like insanity of the GTA pricing and economy right down to. The, the old the, west. the folksier t- economy of the west where like you know in gta the money is like free-flowing you do a race you get 20 grand you go spend 15 you get a gun right in red dead apparently like previously if you looted a corpse right which is how you, is how you make a lot of money in red dead you loot corpses um might give you a couple bucks mm-hmm. you know because in red dead it's the old west the pricing is reflexive reflexive reflective of that yeah um Everything is like cheaper and you don't make as much money. Like I've got $3,000 in Reddit and I'm loaded. You are balling. Loaded. Um, I have $2 million in GTA online and I'm broke. <laughs> as fuck. Broke AF. Um, and in GTA online, it was like the in-game cash. Mm-hmm. And then they had, you know, shark cards. You right. bought the, you bought the, you know, the shark cards that you basically, with real money that you then cashed in for, right. cashed in for in-game money. Rockstar is trying to do like a premium currency thing, apparently, mm-hmm. in this, where, you know, you get gold bars, but then you do certain missions and you get like a 30 second of a gold bar type of thing. Right. And just, they haven't figured out the grind yet and they haven't figured out the economy. Like, right. you loot a corpse in single player, you get a couple bucks. You loot a corpse in online, you get nine cents. Oh. And a good gun costs like $300. Oh. So you're going to grind for like the next seven years to get enough money for that gun. Meanwhile, it's gone free to play, base or uh, pay to win, right? Basically, oh. it's, it seems to be glaringly pay to win, and a lot of people are not happy about that. And mm. I mean, it's technically still kind of in beta; like they just roll it out, they're working out the kinks. This is gaming in 2018, right? right. Like nothing's ever done or right; it just yeah. launches and then they patch it as they go. Um, but yeah, apparently, apparently, I'm not missing much. But the reason why I say Red Dead's like an experience is the thing that has distracted me this week. Yeah, is. Went up free on the, uh, it was like the PlayStation free game last month, I think. Okay. Which was a... Uh, also known as Xbox Gold. Yes. <laughs> the PlayStation version of Games with Gold, which is PlayStation Plus, I guess, was a uh, Yakuza Kiwami 1. You did mention it on the show, I believe. Um, never played a Yakuza game. Right. I've always been kind of intrigued by them. Apparently, I, I watched like a half hour video on the history of the franchise. It's yeah. still like huge in Japan. It's basically kept Sega afloat. Okay. Since they went to software only, since they stopped making consoles, right? Um, and started botching Sonic games. <laughs> the <laughs> woo woo shots fired. The Yakuza series is basically kind of what's kept them afloat, especially in Japan. And it's I never played one before. I know there was a prequel called Yakuza Zero that came out a couple of years ago, which was set in the eighties, which mm-hmm. was apparently um, very good. 
And then Yakuza 6 came out last year, which kind of ended the story of our, uh, what the hell was his name? Kiryu, the main character in this game. And wrapped up his story after more than six games because there's been, you know, mobile games and other console games and arcade games and a bunch of shit. Um, so they basically, basically have made like a, a mini gaming like it's industry. a whole like yeah fran- just franchise yeah they've done versions set in the Edo period with the same characters That's there's going to be like a fist of the north star crossover coming out next year like it's cool. it's crazy um never played one before and this is a remake of the first game kind of thrown into the yakuza zero engine okay and it's just a essentially a brawler it's open world as much as like a 2003 game <laughs> could be open could be, world yeah. um it's basically just kind of sit set in the same city mm-hmm but it's a brawler. Basically, the story is you take the fall for you are you are Kiryu. You are in a Yakuza family. Yep. You get your best friend kills the patriarch of the clan mm-hmm. for reasons. You take the fall for him. And then you get out. And that means now that everybody's coming at you. Gunning for you. So you could just be walking through the street and then somebody spots you. Or you bump into people a lot in this game because <laughs> it's kind of hard. It's clunky, right? The mechanics yeah. are a little clunky. So you bump into a lot of pe- a lot of people, and maybe they get pissed off and they want to fight you. And then, ooh, it's combat time! And like a little crowd forms around you to watch the fight. And then, look, I love brawlers. Mm-hmm. I love Streets of Rage, Double Dragon, Final Fight, all that stuff. I like walking down a street and beating the shit out of people. It's like my favorite genre of games. Hence, his I- love of Daredevil. Yes, <laughs> I just want to walk. I just want to. I want to play as somebody walking down a hall beating up people, and I want to watch people walk down halls and be- beating up people. And that's what this is. And they tweak the fight mechanics a little well. There's four different fighting styles in this game, which apparently is only a couple games have that, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's just like quick in and out. Like if mm-hmm. I just want to beat up, like I showed you the game when you got here because yeah. I had the PlayStation on and like, oh, a fight randomly started. I showed you the combat and then I shut it off. It was cool. I can, you know, do a few missions and beat up some guys in half an hour in Yakuza. Right. I can ride to a town <laughs> in that same amount of time. <laughs> In Red Dead. Mm-hmm. It looks beautiful. Maybe something will happen. Maybe I'll hunt a deer. Ooh. Maybe someone will need rescuing from a bandit. Maybe you'll throw some guy off the bridge um, and murder him. No, don't murder people in the middle of the street in broad daylight, and I won't have to do that. <laughs> He's Batman. <laughs> but Batman who kills Cowboy Batman. <laughs> Bat Cowboy. Bat Cowman. If you fire up Red Dead, you are committing to, a- to something. Right. Like... At least an hour of your time. You're not just firing off a quick mission in Red Dead, right? Because and it, the game is deliberately designed that way to give you like you are we are immersing you in this, and we have set the game up, mm-hmm. including even the mechanics where you have to like press extra buttons to do stuff, like mm-hmm. walk in front of something, hold a button to pick the thing up, and then take it. Like it's slow, deliberately slowing you down. That's an interesting experience, but I have found singing karaoke by myself in Yakuza. Yeah. <laughs> much more uh enjoyable and i cannot talk about yakuza without talking about uh majima majima so when you get out of the game Mm -hmm. the game when you get out of jail the game starts you bump into another you know sort of lieutenant from another affiliated crime family right who's like it's like well you know everybody's after you and he's in like a snakeskin blazer he has an eye patch amazing um and he's like well good price on your head so let's go sorry and then in the grand tradition of battles you are meant to lose you mm-hmm. get destroyed right like he just like fucking he fights like mugen from samurai shampoo he's like <laughs> doing backspins and capoeira and shit and just like destroys you and he's like well this is boring you're not even the thing you're the dragon the 
Dragon of Dojima. Like, that's your nickname? He's like, yeah. you're not even that guy anymore. Like, you've gone soft. Like, this is boring. I don't want this. It's like, listen, we got to toughen you up. So this starts a system called Majima Everywhere. You might bump into him in the alley and have to fight him. There might be pre-planned things where I was going to do another mission and he popped out of a manhole cover. <laughs> there, <laughs> there was a very elaborate zombie simulation yeah. type thing. <laughs> I think I put a screen I put a screen cap on Twitter of a moment where he's Majima's just like dancing like this <laughs> after he after he loses. <laughs> and Kiryu's just like, What do zomb- what the hell are you doing? Do zombies even do that? There's so many moments in that in this game where I just watch and go you're you're seriously doing this, huh? That's amazing. Like the gangster story is actually really good. Yeah. And you know, it's a cheesy gangster story, but it's actually pretty good when, you know, Kiryu's friend who actually did kill the patriarch assumes the villainous role type of thing. And yeah. Um but then at the same time there's a hostess club mini system where like you go and you do conversation trees and like you know build bonds up with the girls type of things and go on little dates and whatever and when you max their levels yeah. i just want to see what would happen when the level got maxed you do a little mission for them whatever some you know ex-boyfriend threatens her and you beat up you beat him up and she's like it's implied that you know something's going to it's like let me share this with you kiri or whatever and like, walks up put her hand on her chest and then a live action gravure like bikini video starts of the actress oh my god who does the voice for the character this was the moment where I just looked at my television like, you seriously did this. What? You did this. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, okay. Sure. I Okay. All right. I respect that. This is, You are not afraid to go batshit. And I've since seen clips of, like, Kirio moves from Tokyo out to, like, a seaside town. And it was a clip of, like, him playing a ukulele and, like, a <laughs> musical number. Like, the... One foot in the absurd and one foot in the serious is like, unlo- I've never seen a game do that so well. Maybe some of the like more absurd GTAs, but like. Right. Um, that game I liked playing for a long time. Uh, hmm. That was like GTA, but crazy. Saints Row is like. Saints Row. I never found Saints Row to have any emotional resonance. It was just like. Id. Oh, I no. just found that game to have like nothing but id. Like. Oh, Saints Row is. Especially when, it, I mean, it takes on a whole other complexity when you play a female character. Um, that movie is, I'm sorry, that game is insane. It's a, it's great. But, like, at one point, you can start attacking people with a dildo. Yeah. Um, and they have, like, I think it's Saints Row 4, and you have to, like, go into the Matrix and... There are aliens, and it, it it's ridiculous, but unbelievable amounts of fun. And they did, I mean, I guess after the second one, the dialogue got a lot better. Like, you're just hanging out with friends, and there are funny bits where they're, like, singing along to the song in the car. And it, I don't know. It. I just, I really enjoyed I never um, liked GTA, but Saints Row, I ended up, like, loving. I love the characters by the end. I just found Saints Row had both feet in the absurd, absurd, which I love. Like it was just a Monster Energy drink in video yeah. game form. Like this Yakuza will do that, but will also, you know, have the you see in flashback before every chapter mm-hmm. the progression of your best friend as he went from like someone who's just trying to like save his sister who was you know sick and in hospital and 
he gets given the spot that was kind of reserved for Kiryu. Right. And now everyone kind of takes advantage of him because nobody had faith in him that he could do it in the first place. And mm-hmm. he's basically there to hold a safe space for Kiryu when he gets out of jail type of thing. Right. And he's got second banana syndrome and how he further sort of descends and you know how the life corrupts him. He's right. still basically, he's a gangster, but he's kind of good hearted and mm-hmm. how he just totally goes off the rails. You see that play out uh, in between every chapter. While simultaneously doing a rock, paper, scissors base arcade game with scantily clad women who are also bugs. Okay. Or when you go to slot car racing, which Gary used to do as a kid, uh-huh. and he gets real like Power Rangers about it. Like he's a gangster. Right. Full like, you know, gray suit, red shirt, very dour all the time. Mm-hmm. But when he wins a race in slot cars, it's like, whoa, <laughs> sure. And the camera like zooms in on his car and it's like, what is this? Even? What is even going on? So, yeah. Um, the fun part is there's like 19 of these games. So when the winter sads come after Christmas. Oh, you know where Jordan's going to be. Parked in front of the goddamn PlayStation. You're going to be parked in front of the PlayStation and you're also going to be watching Crunk's New Groove. <laughs> that's what we That's Re- what we expect. Repeatedly repeatedly so that is my only update kate you have lots of updates i have lots of updates so many uh weeks ago and i'm i definitely brought it up on the show um senior correspondent chris was like hey do you want to watch a mystery theater 3000 had you never watched it yet or no like at all or just at this all. version of you never watched ms MS- never watched mstk it. 3k whatever yeah at all, ever at all. Like, not ever. even a clip. Not even a clip. Oh my god! Didn't even know what it was about. Well, I'm gonna just step out the lane and let her go because this is gonna be amazing. Yeah. So didn't know like I I know what riffing is, but I I never seen a show where along with someone else you are forced to watch a terrible movie and then you know engage in this sort of riffing. Um. So now we're at a point where we're, I haven't watched all of them. Um, we've watched a couple that were amazing. Prob- I almost gave this to Jordan, this movie, because it was just so bad. It was called Star Something. Star Base, Star Killer. Anyways, it is one of the worst movies of all time. Maybe next November I will give this to Jordan. <laughs> um and there's been a couple movies that I'm like, ooh, this is so bad. But these these things are so bad that you can't give them to somebody else. Mm. Like, you can't watch them on their own unless you have a group of people riffing on yeah. this. Like, um, well, I'll get to it in a bit, but I've done this only once before. Um, thank you, Kate. Um, not me. Someone, a different Kate uh, from last year. But, um, but anyways, so... We are now, and I actually saw an article about it. I didn't know anyone else was paying attention to Mystery Three, Mystery Theater uh, Three Thousand, but Mystery Science. Theater oh, sorry, Mystery 3, Science 000. Theater Three Thousand. Um, but sorry to interject. Do they still yeah. do the whole like premise of like he's locked on a spaceship yeah. and he has to? Mm-hmm. And it's different as a different guy, obviously. Yeah, so they've changed it. Yeah. This, this is again Netflix like rebought this. Isn't Felicia Day on it too? Yeah, or, like, she plays yeah. the evil lady who's captured him. Oh, okay. I didn't, know, I didn't know there were evil people on it. Oz, Oz, Pat Oswalt. Yeah. yeah, he's on it. He's very funny. Um, and they have these robots. Yes, the robots are yes. great. Um, so, 
we're now in this, I guess, the season, or they have these six episodes that they're calling The Gauntlet, mm. which the premise is, is that he's seeing these. They usually give him a rest, but now it's like back to back to back to back. <laughs> um, they usually don't flow into Like, they usually don't talk about the week before, but right. now it's sort of like this thing. And we really just want to get to the last one. Senior correspondent Chris is making me watch all of them. I was like, let's just go to the last one because these are terrible. No, no, no. Guess who had to watch Killer Fish the other day? Killer Fish. This kid right here. Sounds delightful. Killer Fish is bullshit. It is terrible. Like I'm not. I'm again. These are just terrible. These are terrible. Like oh oh, they're so bad. They're just so bad and unbelievable. I had to watch one about people being underwater and these aliens who wanted them to join them underwater. The abyss. Maybe. No, it was James, like fucking James Cameron did the oh, abyss. No, no, it was no, the no. abyss. No, no, no. No, it's this much older movie. And there's like goo involved and it's sparkly. And <laughs> these are all terrible films. And it's also been amazing. The thing is, I don't find the riffing like hilarious. Mm. But I find it engaging enough. And it, they kind of make jokes. You make jokes while they make jokes. Um, and it's good times. So yeah, that's been fun. Hardy Recco. Yeah. MST three K three K yeah yeah uh, especially if you like riffing and especially if you like terrible movies which apparently I do really like <laughs> hence me watching lots of terrible Christmas romance movies so this started last year when I was in hospital and I think I I brought it up last year last november we definitely talked about you you came in with some like hallmark heat last year and i was like where is this coming <laughs> no, from? i can't remember if i came in with this because again i was in hospital and the only thing that was on were these hallmark <laughs> christmas movies and i needed something to make me feel better and i was there the whole week so i had watched a bunch of them and then a friend of mine named kate invited me over to her apartment a couple of us to watch Netflix's well it wasn't we weren't supposed to watch that we were supposed to watch a Christmas movie but we landed on a Christmas Prince yes the huge Netflix hit last year and we all riffed on it the entire time which was lots and lots of fun um and I think I might have come in with that and I wanted to know more about these because there's like a huge industry of them and I'd Mm -hmm. seen them on TV obviously I'd watched a bunch of them and Netflix had this Christmas Prince one and there were a couple others older ones floating around that I watched Um, and they're ridiculous movies that are terrible Um, and there is literally a um, formula for them very much like a like a romance romance book Um, Hallmark alone has released 36 films this year not all time. Not over the last five years or the last year for Christmas. This year. This year. 36 films. Yep. Who is watching all of these? Who? The residents of Snow Falls. Apparently. <laughs> On one of the articles about the these Hallmarky, Netflixy Christmas romance movies, um, the Toronto Star released a make your own. Yes, it's a Hallmark movie generator. Yeah. So. Cho- choose Yule own adventure. Ha. 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 So, yes, we are going to do this now live on mic. We'll yeah. see what we will get. I will read and Caitlin will choose. Choose Yule own adventure. This year, Hallmark is 30. Oh, th- goddamn, 37 original Christmas movies. 
They're already thinking of next year, and so are we. They do not accept unsolicited scripts from the public, but we analyzed this year's crop and created a plot generator just in case they run out of ideas. Let's make movie magic. Amazing. Choose a festive sentiment, Caitlin. Faith, joy, hope, or felicity. Let's go with hope. Hope's always a good one. Hope. Pick a job. Lawyer, architect, HR professional, or corporate florist. Um, let's go with corporate florist. Choose a celebrity you remember from the 1990s. Candace Cameron, Lacey Chabert, Lori Laughlin, or Tatiana Ali. Let's go with Tatiana Ali. I don't know what she's up to. That would be uh, Ashley from The Fresh Prince. Yes. 90s babies who don't remember that. Pick an item of Christmas home decor. A pine cone, mm-hmm. a manger, mm-hmm. an icicle light. Ooh. Possibly also. Is that is that a, like a fairy light or? No, it's, it's uh, yeah, but it's an icicle form. <laughs> or a wooden reindeer. Uh, we'll go with wooden reindeer. Choose a decorative plot wrinkle. Corporate disappointment. Mm-hmm. Aging parents with real estate. Ooh. Quaint renovation project. Or injured relative. Let's go with injured relative. You keep picking the last oh, one. Oh, okay, okay. I'm selling the last one too well. Okay, sorry. We'll go with uh, that one right there. Quaint renovation project? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick a rock. Shale, flint, clay, or coal. Let's go with flint. I'm going to start some fires up in here. Choose a male archetype. Corporate rival, long lost friend, high school flame, difficult man. Long lost friend. Pick a festive food. Turkey, cranberry, well, why are we even bothering? Mashed potatoes or stuffing. Mashed potatoes! Bam! Didn't even have to try. Choose another type of plot twist. Culinary, municipal, historical, or magical. Ooh. I want to go magical. No, we'll go historical. You can go magical. I want to go magical. Let's get Santa here. And our, our final... Our final choice. Choose a secondary character. Relative, townsperson, stranger, or reporter. Stranger. Make it interesting. Let's see what we get. Oh my god, they have a whole like plot synopsis. Oh. So uh it's called Christmas in Wooden Reindeer Junction. Oh my god. Hope Jenkins, a high-powered corporate florist, played by Tatiana Ali. Amazing. Returns to her small town of Wooden Reindeer Junction to renovate a beloved shoe store on the verge of bankruptcy. Oh, my God. Hope, fresh from a breakup with her real estate. Oh, my God. That's what you're picking her name. <gasps> her name would have been Faith, Joy, Hope, or Felicity. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hope, fresh from a, back- a breakup with her real estate developer fiance, soon runs into Flint Smith. <laughs> <laughs> her best friend from childhood, who is now a widowed algebra teacher, the unlikely pair are thrown together to organize the town's famous Christmas race, the Mashed Potato Trot. <laughs> God. And Hope soon realizes she's developing feelings for Flint. Surrounded by her family and a new love, Hope imagines leaving her big city life behind for good. But while they plan the mashed potato trot, she accidentally discovers a portal to the North Pole in the local hardware store. Magic. Magic. When she confides in a lumberjack she meets at the Christmas tree lot. <laughs> she learns that Flint knew about the portal all along. 
Hope is worried that her new love interest might be an elf with trust issues, but thanks to the advice of the lumberjack, Hope learns that Flint is actually Santa's twin and only hid his identity because he's constantly overshadowed by his brother. Can Hope learn to love again and pull off the mashed potato trot in time for Christmas? Can she? Can she? I actually watched this movie. <laughs> Listen, as we discovered, Netflix is deep, y'all. Oh, yeah. We were in the bowels of it. Oh, man. What we the were. Fuck this? I'm Turducken and Baby? What was that? <laughs> uh, three Turkin. Yeah, we found like a fucking German-Turkish remake of Three Men and a baby. baby. And guess what I'm watching? Ooh. The second Caitlin Ooh. McKinnon gets out of here. Um. So, oh, I'm going to get into it in the second half of the show, but... <laughs> I watched too many of these. Basically, yeah. I don't know if she mentioned it last week, but the one Caitlin picked for this week is like the only one left that she hasn't watched. Almost. There's one other one. But did I- you watch the Princess Switch? Because this is apparently, this is the Christmas Prince of this year. This I is, did. I don't know if it is as successful, but they're like, that's the one they're trying to push. Um, it I actually did, has someone you recognize in it. Like, I did watch the Princess Switch. And? It was awful. <laughs> um, it was so bad. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, and... Uh, Apparently, doing a British accent is impossible for most American actors. Really hard for V. Hudge. Real hard. Um, but I did watch the whole thing, and it helped my pain go away. So, you know, there's that. It's a Christmas miracle. Um, but this generator, like, I know it's ridiculous, right? No, not that ridiculous. Like it, it, I mean, part of me wants to be like the whole Santa's twin thing is stupid, but I mean, the, the fucking Kurt Russell is playing Santa in a yeah. damn movie this year. So. so there you go. Tis the season, y'all. Christmas is weird. Christmas is weird. But there's magic here. <laughs> magic. Do you have anything else? No, that's it. Let's not keep the people waiting any longer. We'll take a brief break here. And when we come back, we will dig into our discussion of The Christmas Inheritance, a.k.a. the last Christmas movie on Netflix. Caitlin McKinnon has not watched. (laughs) There's like two others. We will see if she delighted in this one and the only one I have ever watched. Yeah. So we will see how that went when we come back after this. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the program. Sorry, not sorry. A little shorter this week. Yeah. But I mean, listen. You need time to watch The Christmas Inheritance. You do. And we just want to get right into this nonsense, which we will do after we go through the rules. Because what's life without rules? Festive or not, rules still apply. Absolutely. can't just abandon rules because you're being festive. No. It doesn't make any sense at all. That's how you end up in HR. (laughs) Just... What? You ignore the rules because you're being festive. You have oh, to have, I, someone drags you into you HR. You have to have a meeting with Carol oh, after. Yeah, Carol. Carol will report you to Susan. Carol, and then it's all over. Carol ain't playing. No. You gotta watch that behavior. Rule number one. Is the rule of three. That is the rule that if the thing comes in parts, we will watch, read, consume three of those parts to make sure we have an understanding of what the thing is trying to be. Does this had one part. Yes. One long, long part. One long part. <laughs> But we watched it. Watched it all. Yeah. 
Uh, second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. We will not talk about the things that we have brought each other or decided to watch. So I'm assuming Jordan watched this. You guys, we do it so that you can have the freshest takes. Because we care about you. But sometimes it's real hard. Real hard. Sometimes I'm holding that phone with the window for Caitlin McKinnon's messenger <laughs> just in one hand and just a pile of takes in my other hand and I'm ready to just start flinging them. Cause it's killing me. I got to fling these takes at Caitlin. Cause this is one of those things that we wanted to yell about at <laughs> I'm each other. Dying. I'm like uh, so many takes got can't 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 got to put them in the Tupperware. Seal them up, seal them up, put to them to the, the side, put them in the freezer, take them out to defrost on recording day. Heat them up. So by the time, <laughs> <laughs> by the time we are here ready to record, they are light and fluffy and ready to go and fresh for you, the listener. Cause it's not about us. No, it's about you. All about you. Finally, the third rule, which isn't really a rule. It's more of a policy. There will be spoilers and there will be lots of them. How could we possibly spoil anything? How could you even, how could you even care? You couldn't possibly. And if you did, you, you need to get your ass out of here. You have bigger fucking problems. You need to find a different podcast. (laughs) Gone. No fresh takes for you. No more. (laughs) You don't deserve, you don't deserve these takes. No. Um, but now that we've got through all that, it's time to get into it. Christmas inheritance. So Christmas inheritance. Let me know if this sounds familiar. <laughs> Before ambition- you could probably just go by memory and just fill some shit in, and I'm probably the names are the only thing I would have to correct yeah. you on. Yeah, probably. Before ambitious heiress Ellen Langford can inherit her father's business, mm-hmm. she must deliver a special Christmas card at her dad's former partner. Sorry card to her dad's former partner in snow falls when a snowstorm strands her at the town inn she discovers the true grift, gift of christmas <laughs> the true grift of christmas <laughs> true grift it's of- all a scam y'all <laughs> um it is directed by ernie <laughs> barbarash but it doesn't what? matter what it it really doesn't i funny enough this is actually it's not amazon made it's a it's a 2017 christmas movie mm. um but it has appeared on on netflix Starring question mark? Oh, God. Apparently, Eliza Taylor, Jake Lacey, Michael Xavier, Neil Crone, Lori Hallier, and then, for some reason, Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell was like, listen. <laughs> I need to make I money buy for a, Christmas. I want to buy a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy a boat. I need to make this movie. Andy McDowell wants a boat. So. <laughs> she didn't even want to get paid in cash. She just wanted to get paid in boat. One boat. <laughs> In the budget, in the budget line, Andy and McDowell it, boat, and it can't be a pod dude. <laughs> one one whaler, one whaler for Andy McDowell. Minimum minimum seventy five horsepower on the outboard. <laughs> So first and foremost, so I have never watched one of these movies before. Yeah, so you and, were in for a surprise, and I like I felt like I knew going in right. what it was going to be. Yeah, because so I just pictured as it was, was going to be a Harlequin novel. Like yeah. that's all it's going to be. Um, and I think the thing about do Harlequin are Harlequin readers in on the joke? Like, um, yeah. Do Harlequin readers know it's trash? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's half and half. I think it's half like. 
old women from like who are possibly lower class. This yeah. is just what I what I have in mind. Like I'm not saying mm. it is definitely it's, it's this, but scientific. this is this is the I think the idea most people have about Harlequin Harlequin readers. It's half that older women, fifties, sixties, lower income, grew up on like eighties television, mm. um, who are reading them, and then like a younger generation who absolutely knows they're trash but loves them anyways. I, if you're unfamiliar, how could you be? But Harlequins are cheap paperback, usually run about 150 pages, yeah. 200 pages tops, mm-hmm. really pocket paperback uh, romances that are, from a business standpoint, they come into major Canadian retailer monthly. Oh, yeah. They're like magazines, mm-hmm. like super predictable. And they And they have like... There's like the supernatural genre. Yes. There is the cowboy genre. Like they have very predictable because they literally have a formula. Amish Amish is big. Yeah. Um there's also Desire, Harlequin mm. Desire, which is where they might mention a dick. Yeah. Gasp. <gasps> um and it's always has to do with some like, you know, poor woman who can't find love who a chic or a prince <laughs> falls in there's a lot of sheiks really yes oh see I, i've only I've there's only... there's a medium piece to be re- written about out there about the you know weird sort of what's, what's the middle eastern version of orientalism <laughs> where like oil tycoons are going to come and save you from the drudgery of your life right um so i've only ever read two harlequins oh yeah and they were given me to someone i finally referred to as coolie um and she read lots of them knew absolutely knew they were trash but um gave them to me because i was like curious how can you know that they're trash but like them hated them um but there's something much more entertaining about this in visual form yes i would say so um where does one even begin like from the from the first 15 seconds of this movie Mm -hmm. you know everything that's going to happen Oh, absolutely. Everything. Everything. Down to the finest detail. Mm -hmm. Like her fiance, her, her dad, where Uncle Zeke is. Like, oh, absolutely. (laughs) Where Uncle Zeke is going to show up. When Uncle Zeke's going to come back. Like, it's all there. But goddamn it, Caitlin, what's wrong with me? Like, they're just so inoffensively charming. Like, right? The only, my only real, real problem with them is the whiteness. (laughs) Her fiance was black. And a douchebag, but but by and large, Uncle Zeke was black too. Yeah, by and large, though, they it is they're mostly white. Yes, and like most of the people, like the so Uncle Zeke was black. Her fiance was black. the The town sheriff was black. Right, right, right. And they have some, you know, people of a variety of different colors in the background, um, which is fantastic. But the main characters, the love interest, um, are basically always white so there's just a lot of whiteness to it um but that's really my only problem with them like like you said they're very inoffensive like they're just kind of like it's the holidays christmas is a magical time love small towns how how have you fallen in love with this person in a day whimsy um horse rides (laughs) gotta say this it was driving me fucking nuts because i didn't know where the love interest was from oh i was like i know i fucking know that guy what has he been in 
he was in like season nine of The Office, like the really? po- post Carell Office. Oh, he played like an intern named Pete who ended up like dating the Ellie Kemper character. Oh, like by the end of it. Caitlin wouldn't know this because she never yeah. watched The Office. Mm-mm. But all you Office heads out there, if you're wondering what Pete's doing, he's in this movie. So there's Take a, a segment of you who are about to go and rush and check this out. <laughs> Him as a romantic lead. It's a little meh. There it's is kind no, of a weird looking and there's not a whole lot of spark between the two of them. But not very much chemistry there. Um, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but yeah, just like, listen, I watched them pretty well back to back. I probably enjoyed this more than Emperor's New Group. <laughs> oh my God. Seriously? <laughs> It's just, it's just so bland and inoffensive. Like, just didn't move the needle at all. I was like, cool. Wow. Wow. Um, how, what is their company? Uh, something, something, gifts and something. But what do they sell? Gifts. What, what kind of gifts? Gifts. Gifty <laughs> gifts that are, you gift to people. Gifty gifts that require, I don't know, a the boardroom and a skyscraper in New York City. Yeah. It's a gifty gift company. <laughs> they sell gifts. I don't know. This is too much pressure. I want to see their shareholder report. <laughs> well, they're not. It's just Zeke and Dad. <laughs> Zeke, Dad, and Ellie. Uh, um, listen, Ellie wouldn't have even fallen into the tree if that dumb bitch hadn't called her name. Right? And distracted her? She had a perfect vault she there. She was fine. And then she... she dismount is that what you do yeah <laughs> dismount. She, she hit the dismount and captain shawl was like miss langford <laughs> and she got distracted and fell into a tree yeah it's that's all that lady's fault but then she found love and the meaning of christmas and that's really what these movies are about it is all that matter what i, I w- sorry so what i ahead. would like is one of these movies that is not about romance like they just like what wedge else would it be about about finding the meaning of christmas do that with like family and friends and like feeling better about your life and finding like your true true purpose which was revealed to you by christmas um but yeah so yeah the plot such as it is and i could very well just be reading the plot from the generator we did in the first segment exactly is like she so she's she's the party heiress yes that is her nickname but she wants to do better yeah, she, da- her, she feels bad about her this. dad. Just doesn't feel good. It's like I got, I got to leave. I got to leave my multi-billion-dollar cheap knickknack company to someone responsible. And she's like, I can be responsible. So he sends her off to Snow Falls, the state small, state undetermined, the small t- somewhere in the middle of America, D- deep north, north as, deep north, yeah, as our boy Jake calls it, mm-hmm. um, Oregon. It's, no, it's probably like North Dakota or Montana or some shit. I don't know. But then they don't have a funny accent. <laughs> it's true nobody's talking like oh you know um she's supposed to go there lie about her name so nobody treats her differently yes because apparently you know the the langfords are like an icon hearth and home gifts they have a fucking plaque in the diner where there it is hearth and home gifts i'm acting like i didn't know what it was i knew i don't know i knew i don't know what the i still know what the fuck they sell but i know the name um, they the, sell gifts because <laughs> two men who don't know how to express their emotions wanted a company where they could help other people who'd <laughs> fucked up on their anniversaries <laughs> and needed to buy gifts. That's what they wanted to create. Um, and she, 100 bucks, no credit cards. Yep. Go there, deliver the Christmas letter. It's dad's year to write the Christmas letter. What's the Christmas letter? Who the fuck? Why are they writing these? I don't know. We need MacGuffin. We need... A thing. We, we need, need a, a thing Christmas for, thing. We need a thing for her to go and do. We need the letter. We need the mashed potato race. Like, <laughs> we need something. It's her mashed potato trot. Um, and you see, yeah, she, she goes out to the small town. 
Um, and then it's like a real, you know, insert rich girl in the small town hijinks. Yeah. Where's the cell phone service? Oh, it's the, no, where's the, oh, are you the any. porter? Where's room service? Uh, the diner's room service. We got to go to the diner. What? What? He's got a dark side though. Cause he hears silent night at the diner. And gets very upset. Very upset. Starts beating up the jukebox. And Andy McDowell is like, listen, is my boat here yet? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I'm leaving this scene then. <laughs> My favorite bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so fucking absurd. Somebody Photoshop me Eddie McDowell on a boat, please. Uh, I'm going to tweet her and ask her if she has one. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, does she have any pictures of her on the boat? <laughs> She's hitting us. Just, all Christmas is just going to be Andy McDowell boat pictures on the Twitter. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's got a, he's got a dark side, and he clearly has a history in New York because mm, those t- those type of people. Those types. Um, you can just tell. Sidebar: the main street in Snow Falls looks eerily like the main street in Amherstburg, Ontario, and kind of the main street in Hamilton, Ontario. To be honest, so that article, the Toronto Star article, huh? it talks about how basically they They're filmed in Sudbury or something, mm-hmm, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, like a bunch of them. Why Sudbury? Uh, because they had a tax credit it's of some cheap kind. And, cheap and cold, and, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you need snow. You need snow. Hey. Um, and it's the deep north, remember? <laughs> so yeah, she gets there and Zeke ain't there. No. Zeke's off in the woods. Zeke's not a real cell phone type of guy, so no. they can't, they can't call Zeke. He's communing with nature. Yes. Whatever the fuck that means. Really never get a sense of Zeke in the 20 seconds he's on screen by the, no. by the end of the movie. Um, so she's stuck there. Stuck. And she's supposed to go to Maui with her fiance on Christmas Eve. Who's a douchebag? Surprise! But as she as she you know learns about the town and the people, she starts to learn about the real meaning of Christmas. Who who? This is the thing about this movie. These people, these townspeople, are always so very fucking helpful. And I'm like, no, not the guy at the computer store. He needed like 15 seconds of of her going. But it's the right thing to do. I guess I'll give you a $3,000 MacBook then. Oh, good. For your auction. Excellent. I'm going to uh, do a hair flip. I have two notes on my phone okay. regarding this movie. Yeah. One of which is a thing I cannot believe Caitlin has not brought to my attention yet. Once, I, once you say it, I'm going to be like, oh. And that is when you see uh, Jake, local inn manager, yep. dealing with some of the customers. Mm-hmm. One of the customers has a complaint. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's been brought something. I did actually. That is not what he asked for. I did actually. Honestly, I would complain about this too. <laughs> I, I maybe not in that tone, but what was he asking for, Caitlin? He was very rightfully pointing out that there was supposed to be clotted cream, and this is whipped fucking cream. They are not the same thing. Further proving my hypothesis that clotted cream is a bullshit thing for assholes. <laughs> You know, no. He's just like, bring me my clotted cream. <laughs> no, he's he like, also sorry, complained Colonel. about something else later. <laughs> yeah, because he's an asshole and clotted cream is for assholes. It is not. I'm not an asshole. <laughs> it's a bullshit thing for assholes. It is not. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to shove it in your <laughs> mouth next week. You're going to be like, oh, I was wrong. Like or the actual mention of clotted cream still sounds gross no matter who's saying it. but Especially this old guy. <laughs> but he was very ready to complain because it's not the same thing. Also, how does this town of 2,500 people have a hobo? Um, he just got stuck there. They can't. 
nobody has a roof for Baxter. And then maybe, maybe Baxter is like one of these like rogue types where he's like, no, nah, I'm fine out here. And he just, he, he wants to like live off the land like that. He doesn't but seem that way. Does not seem that way. He was very happy to be like brought in off the yeah, street. And he was very kind. <laughs> the, the nicest, cleanest hobo. But everybody's just like, well, you homeless. Yeah. You are town homeless. You have a dollar. Yeah. This is your this is your space. Like they have this argue about the argument about charity where like he gives him he gives him some money. Yeah, and it's like oh my fiance says you know helping the you know giving money to the poor actually harms them because you know blah blah blah. He's like well it's just I'm sure Baxter's thankful for every dollar every dollar he earns playing his harmonica. You know what else he'd be happy for? You know a spare room in that giant fucking inn you're managing. <laughs> you Zeke couldn't figure that one out. You know, With like, all your charity. You have know, a utility closet for uh, Baxter to cool out in for the winter like. Jesus Christ. One ho- the one hobo of Snow Falls. Where's my Baxter movie? <laughs> Andy McDowell, if you need another boat. <laughs> if you crash that, if you sink that boat and you need another one, I want my Baxter spin up. Uh, the hobo of, of, of Snow Falls. Uh. Andy McDowell returns. In Baxter, the hobo of Snow Falls. Oh my goodness. Um. Uh. And yeah, there's what they haven't the Santa Claus tea or whatever. Or? It, no, it's like some. First of all, no one's doing shit on Christmas Eve, so don't give me that bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to your silent auction on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah, so it's like the Santa dinner or something. Right, it's dinner with Santa. They have dinner a silent. They have a silent auction, and I don't. I was probably getting distracted at this point. <laughs> It's a long time. This movie is longer than The Emperor's New Groove. Like, this movie is like an hour and 50 minutes. Like, yeah. you, you, you do not need that much time to tell this story. No. Um, oh, sidebar, to be a man for a moment? Yeah. This girl had some impressive cleave at certain points in this movie. I know. As someone, as, I assume as someone who likes boobs, you were. Oh. You also had your moments where you were like. Yeah, I was just like, oh. Goodness. My goodness, that, that shirt is undone. And- Quality nameless actress. Yeah. I think maybe that was in her contract. <laughs> no boat for you. <laughs> Get the floaters out. Um, yes, and this is her, now her moment to like, because she does have, you know, the reason she crashes into a tree at the beginning of the movie is because she's, you know, trying to raise money. She does yeah. have some skill as a fundraiser. And he said he, he, he would triple it. What was she supposed to do? Right. So this is where she gets to exhibit her skills as a fundraiser. Really amping up the uh, the silent auction with nothing but jars of gingerbread cookies that Andy McDowell helped you make. Andy McDowell made them cookies. We all know this. You just learned how to separate eggs. You didn't do shit. She she thought Andy McDowell meant by size or weight color. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm rich and I don't have to do anything for myself. <laughs> Success. Yes, and that's when she goes out, and he and he's also like an artist or something. Or? Yeah, of course he is. Oh yeah, we have to have something, right? No, they're gonna go back to New York, and he's gonna be like, a, no, they're gonna stay in Snow Falls. Of course, she loves Snow Falls now. They have to. Um, she owes all those people. She does owe all those Even people. Even though she just moved there. Yep. And happiness, and then her dad shows up, and you thought it was a throwaway line. That Annie McDowell dated her dad yeah. for a year in high school before her mom showed up into the picture. It was not. Couldn't be mad. It couldn't even be mad at the mom for taking her man because Annie McDowell is an angel. Yeah. And also. And just waited like, you know, 40 years for the wife to die and him to come back to Snow Falls and Annie McDowell to be like, ooh, just, just that dress. And, yeah. And sing Silent Night. And, and sing Silent Night. Poorly. 
She's supposed to be a singer. But uh, understand why he stayed local, Andy McDowell. Wow. Well. Also, because she didn't have a boat to get around. Better sailor than a singer. <laughs> It's like a six. Yeah. Yeah, it's a six. <laughs> like, I'm sure there are better ones. Um, I think... Um, well, I don't have it here, but one I watched last year, like, Broadcasting Christmas or something. Mm. I think that one was a little bit better. Let me, let me just... Let's just do a quick... Uh... Oh, I think this girl... No, she's not. I thought <laughs> she was the same one from uh, The Christmas Prince, but she's not. They just... They're both blonde. And look very similar. Let me just uh, put Christmas here into Netflix and we'll do a quick rundown. I want, I definitely want to watch. See, this is one of the ones I haven't seen. Um, I want to watch the holiday calendar. That's the one I'm just seeing here. Listen, clearly by these thumbnails, they are trying to branch out. They as are. far as the, you know, the, the, the whiteness. Um, Christmas Chronicles is their marquee. That one is it's, it's the a kid's, Santa. It's a kid's yeah. movie. Yeah. It's, it's the Santa Claus. Um, Christmas Inheritance we watched. Christmas Prince you watched. Yeah. And Holy- then there's a second, there's a follow-up. Yes. It's the, the Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding, which I have not seen. Um, Christmas Wedding Planner. Looks we watched terrible. that. Nope. Uh, Princess Switch, Once Upon a Holiday. I may have seen that one. The Holiday Engagement. I don't think so. Merry Christmas. I have not seen that one. You Can't Fight Christmas. Just sounds like a strange fight. Dear movie. Santa, Prince of Prince of Pegria, a Christmas moose miracle. This is getting absurd. Oh my god! What? They like have already announced one for next year. What? Like you know, Netflix will hiccup sometimes, and it'll give you a title and a description of something that's not available yet. Like yeah. you just get that. Like it looks like a terrifying horror movie. It's just like <laughs> Christmas in the Wild. That oh. one in the bottom corner. So like, there's no. I haven't even filmed this yet. I just saw it in the oh corner. Amazing. So look forward to next year when we watch Christmas in the Wild. After her husband leaves her, a stylish New Yorker goes on an African safari alone and finds a new purpose in her life starring Kristen Davis and Rob Lowe. Oh, my God. Set your calendars now, friends. <laughs> we will be back here. This is definitely our new holiday In tradition. 2019. Absolutely. For Christmas in the Wild. Rob Lowe already has a boat. <laughs> Listen, I'm joking. You think I you think I wouldn't fucking put on a Santa suit and talk about the meaning of <laughs> the meaning of the holidays? For a boat? For a Netflix for a boat. <laughs> oh, you could just ask your dad. <laughs> <laughs> My father's seventeen boats. <laughs> Sidebar, yeah. Uh Easter egg for people who made it this long, you will recall my uh my story about my mom trying to tell me that just, that Christmas was going to be scaled back because of all this expense for her, her dental work. Yeah. Yeah, that was all lies. She's just fucking with me. She's just fucking with me. That's terrible. Yeah. That's not a very nice thing to do. <laughs> you think, but you know what? I'm going through a lot, so if that's uh if that's what she needs to get through. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jay Z shrug, okay. Oh. <sighs> needs to go to Snow Falls. Christmas, to, I wanna go to I wanna go to Snow Falls. Have and somebody have a, a innkeeper take care of you? Lips stay in a fucking in room three times the size of my apartment where there's a fireplace always and a hot water bottle always which you think she's is a, never seen before <laughs> which she thinks is a possible animal in her bed 
It was so funny watching him try to be like, you know, injured when he realized she was lying about her identity. I know. Lies. He's been tricked again. I tricked again. This is why I left New York. Because people like you, you d- you don't have the face for that, my dude. No. I don't know what you have the face for, to be honest. <laughs> Aww. Listen, listen. Listen. He definitely did not get a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, if this bit is not as funny as we think it is, and we're just tired, you can let us know. I think it's legitimately funny, but but if you disagree, there are a few ways you can let us know. Primarily on our socials, also Instagram, uh, Gmail, and Facebook. Which is that? www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. I ain't there, but y'all seem to like when Caitlin posts, so Caitlin will post something. I'll post something. It'll be great. (laughs) It will be great. If you'd like to support all our merrymaking, please do so at our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash geekdownpod, or you can buy us a coffee, a Kofi, a Kofi. Kofi. At ko-fi.com forward slash geekdownpod. Yeah. Oh, I did it. Look, Look at that. you. Look at me. Look there at you. Go. Um, thank you as ever for joining us. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And we will see you next week for our actual Christmas episode. Yeah. Super exciting. Happy holidays, folks. Distracted by boats and Andy McDowell and Rob Lowe having boat fights. <laughs> oh, God, he's looking it up. <laughs> <laughs>